Hello, children. It's been a while since I've recorded. A few days. I wanted to get back on the horse and read some Bible for you. I think we're in the beginning of 2 Samuel. We'll be doing chapters 1 through 4 probably today. It's 2 o'clock on a Monday. After I'm done with this, I'm going to go pick you guys up. Maybe we'll go to the store. I think we need to buy some milk. I don't know what we're going to do. Let's my pocket rattling. Let's see. Yeah, we don't have much milk left. Oh, eggnog, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I'll get some milk. Wait, some milk right here? I guess we're good. No, go anyways. Hope you guys are doing okay. I'm just looking for a Bible. Where is one? I had one out here. Yeah. Get my father some upstairs. Just had the King's birthday party this past weekend. That was great. Some people showed up. Not a lot. We didn't invite a lot of people. Just his class. He had a few uh, classmates show up. Family stayed till pretty late, which is fine. We went to your grandma's house after and picked up a mirror from that was your great-grandmother's and we put it in the hallway uh, upstairs. So we did that this past weekend. It's a nice mirror. Oh gosh, I'm out of shape. How are you kids doing? I'm gonna pause it and get a drink outside. I will get right back. Okay, Second Samuel. I believe it's gonna start with King, with, well, not King yet, but David learning about Saul's death and Jonathan's and how he reacts to that. Oh, I have so much stuff in my pockets. All right. Second Samuel, chapter 1. After the death of Saul, David returned from defeating the Amalekites and, slayed, and stayed in Ziklag for two days. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and with dust on his head. When he came to David, he fell to the ground to pay him honor. Where have you come from, David asked him. He answered, I have escaped from the Israelite camp. What happened, David asked. Tell me. He said, the men fled from the battle. Many of them fell and died. And Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. Then David said to the young man who brought him the report, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happen to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man said. And there was Saul leaning on a spear with the chariots and riders almost upon him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me. And I said, What can I do? And he asked me, Who are you? An Amalekite? And I answered. Then he said to me, Stand over me and kill me. I am in the throes of death, but I am still alive. So I stood over him and killed him, because I knew that after he had fallen... He could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who brought him the report, Where are you from? I am the son of an alien and a Malachite, he answered. <coughs> David asked him, Why were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of his men and said, Go strike him down. 
So he struck him down and he died. For David had said to him, Your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testified against you, and when you said, I killed the Lord's anointed. David took up this lament concerning Saul and his son Jonathan, and ordered that the men of Judah be taught this lament of the bow. It is written in the book of Jasher. Your glory, O Israel, lies slain on your heights. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad, yes, the, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. O mounds of Gilboa, may you have neither dew nor rain, nor fields that yield offerings of grain, for there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, no longer rubbed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the flesh of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, the sword of Saul did not return unsatisfied. Saul and Jonathan in life, they were loved and gracious, and in death they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles, and they were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery, who adorned your garments with ornaments of gold. How the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. How the mighty have fallen. The weapons of war have perished. So much to talk about. <sighs> I don't see... It is a little... Ra- I don't think it was very rational of David to have killed that guy. But, but then again, I don't know. Let me take a sip. Chapter 2. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, Go up. Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahimnoam and Jezreel, of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. When David was told that it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who had buried Saul, he sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead to say to them, The Lord bless you for showing the kindness to Saul, your master, by burying him. May the Lord now, excuse me, may the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave, for Saul, your master, is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Meanwhile, Abner, son of Ner, the commander of Saul's army, had taken Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim. He made him king over Gilead, Ashuri, and Jezreel, and also over Ephraim, Benjamin, and, and all Israel. Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, was 40 years old when he became king over Israel, and he reigned two years. The house... Excuse me. The house of Judah, however, followed David. The length of time David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Abner, son of Ner, together with the men of Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, left Manaim and went to Gibeon. Oh, damn. Oh, son of a gun. Getting a bloody nose. Hang on. Okay. So, as some of you kids might know, I occasionally get bloody noses. This is, just, this is just the time of year. Sometimes I'll just blow my nose and it'll start bleeding. So I thought that would that I'd be done with that, but I guess not. And I just blood on my dad's Bible. 
which is not ideal, not what I wanted. So I just have to clean that up, so. Sorry about that. A year ago, I had a surgery on my nose to open up my nasal passage because it was very twisted and, and uh, it was hard for me to breathe. So, too much information, I guess, sorry. Uh, I can breathe a lot better now. All right. So we'll redo that, starting in verse 12. Abner, son of Ner, together with the men of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, left Maniam and went to Gibeon. Joab, son of Zeruiah, and David's men went out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. One group sat down on one side of the pool and one group on the other side. Then Abner said to Joab, let's have some of the young men get up and fight hand to hand in front of us. All right, let them do it, Joab said. So they stood up and were counted off, twelve men for Benjamin and Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and twelve for David. Then each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his dagger into his opponent's side. And they fell down together. So that place in Gibeon was called Helkath Hazurim. The battle that day was very fierce, and Abner and the men of Israel were defeated by David's men. The three sons of Zerai were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Now Asahel was as fleet-footed as a wild gazelle. He chased Abner, turning neither to the right nor to the left as he pursued him. Abner looked behind him and asked, Is that you, Asahel? It is, he answered. Then Abner said to him, Turn aside to the right or to the left. Take on one of the young men and strip him of his weapons. But Asahel would not stop chasing him. Again, Abner warned Asahel, Stop chasing me. Why should I strike you down? How can I look your brother Joab in the face? But Asahel refused to give up the pursuit, so Abner thrust the butt of his spear into Asahel's stomach, and the spear came out through the back. He fell there and died on the spot, and every man stopped when he came to the place where Asahel had fallen and died. But Joab and Abishai pursued Abner, and as the sun was setting, they came to the hill of Amah near Gaia on the way to the wasteland of Gibeon. Then the men of Benjamin rallied behind Abner. They formed themselves into a group and took their stand on top of a hill. Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize that this will end in bitterness? How long before you order your men to stop pursuing their brothers? Joab answered, As surely as God lives, if you had not spoken, the men would have continued the pursuit of their brothers until morning. So Joab blew the trumpet, and all the men came to a halt. They no longer pursued Israel, nor did they fight anymore. All that night Abner and his men marched through the Arabah. They crossed the Jordan, continued through the whole Bithron, and came to Manaheim. Mahanaim. Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Then Joab returned from pursuing Abner and assembled all his men. Besides Asahel, 19 of David's men were found missing, but David's men had killed 360 Benjamites who were there with Abner. They took Asahel and buried him in his father's tomb at Bethlehem. Then Joab and his men marched all night and arrived at Hebron by daybreak. Chapter 3. The war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David. In Hebron, his firstborn was Amnon, the son of Ahinoam of Jezreel. His second, Kiliab, the son of Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. The third, Absalom, the son of Makar, daughter of Talmai, king of Gershur. The fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith. The fifth, Sheftiah, son of Abital. 
The sixth, Etraim, the son of David's wife, Eglah. These were born to David in Hebron. During the war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner had been strengthening his own position in the house of Saul. Now Saul had a concubine named Rizpah, daughter of Ai. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why did you sleep with my father's concubine? Abner was very angry because of what Ishbosheth said, and he answered, Am I a dog's head on Judah's side? This very day I am loyal to the house of your father Saul and his family and friends. I haven't handed you over to David, yet now you accuse me of an offense involving this woman. May God deal with Abner. May be it ever so severely if I do not do for David what the Lord promised him on oath and transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and establish David's throne over Israel and Judah from Dan to Beersheba. Ish-bosheth did not dare say another word to Abner because he was afraid of him. Then Abner sent messengers on his behalf to say to David, Whose land is it? Make an agreement with me and I will help you bring all Israel over to you. Good, said David, I will make an agreement with you, but I demand one thing of you. Do not come into my presence unless you bring Michael, daughter of Saul, when you come to see me. Then David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, demanding, Give me my wife Michael, whom I betrothed to myself for the price of a hundred Philistine foreskins. So Ishbosheth gave orders and had her taken away from her husband Paltiel, son of Laish. Her husband, however, went with her, weeping behind her all the way to Bahurim. Then Abner said to him, Go back home. So he went back. Abner conferred with the elders of Israel and said, For some time you have wanted to make David your king. Now do it. For the Lord promised David, But my servant David, I will rescue my people, Israel, from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spoke to the Benjamites in person. Then he went to Hebron to tell David everything that Israel and the whole house of Benjamin wanted to do. When Abner, who had twenty men with him, came to David at Hebron, David prepared a feast for him and his men. Then Abner said to David, Let me go... Uh, at once and assemble all Israel for my lord the king, so that they may make a compact with you, and that you may rule over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Just then David's men and Job returned from a raid and brought with them a great deal of plunder. But Abner was no longer with David in Hebron, because David had sent him away, and he had gone in peace. When Job and all the soldiers were with with him arrived, he was told that Abner, son of Ner, had come to the king, and that the king had sent him away, that he had gone in peace. So Job went to the king and said, What have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why did you, not, why did you let him go? Now he was gone. You know, Abner, son of Ner, he came to deceive you and observe your movements and find out everything you are doing. Job then left David and sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David did not know it. Now when Abner returned to Hebron, Job took him aside into the gateway as though to speak with him privately, and there to avenge the blood of his brother Asahel. Job stabbed him in the stomach, and he died. Later, when David heard about this, he said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May his blood fall upon the head of Job and upon all his father's house. May Job's house never be without someone who has a running sore or leprosy, or who leans on uh, a crutch or a or who falls by the sword, or who lacks food. Joab and his brother Abishai murdered Abner because he had killed their brother Asahel in the battle of Gibeon. Then David said to Joab and all the people with him, Tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and walk in mourning in front of Abner. King David himself walked behind the bier. They buried Abner in Hebron, and the king wept aloud at Abner's tomb. All the people wept also. The king sang this lament for Abner. Should Abner have died as the lawless die? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. You fell as one falls before wicked men. 
and all the people wept over him again. Then they all came and urged David to eat something while it was still day, but David took an oath, saying, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I taste bread or anything else before the sun sets. All the people took note and were pleased indeed. Everything the king did pleased them. So on that day, all the people and all Israel knew that the king had no part in the murder of Abner, son of Ner. Then the king said to, the, to his men, Do you not realize that a prince and a great man has fallen in Israel this day? And today, though I am the anointed king, I am weak, and these sons of Zeruiah are too strong for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil deeds. Chapter 4 When Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage, and all Israel became alarmed. Now Saul's son had two men who were leaders of raiding bands. One was named Banah, and the other Rechab. They were sons of Rimon, the Beerothite from the tribe of Benjamin. Beeroth is considered part of Benjamin because the people of Beeroth fled to Gitaim and lived there as aliens to this day. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was about five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled. His name was Mephibosheth. Now Rechab and Benah, the sons of Ramon and Beeroth, the, the Berathite, set out for the house of Ishbosheth. They arrived there in the heat of the day whilst he was taking his noonday rest. They went in the inner part of his house as if to get some wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and his brother Benah slipped away. They had gone into the house while he was lying on the, the bed in his bedroom. After they stabbed and killed him, they cut off his head. Taking it with them, they traveled all night by the way of Araba. They brought the head to Ishba, of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here's the head of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, your enemy, who tried to take your life. This day the Lord has avenged my lord, the king, against Saul and his offspring. David answered Rechab and his brother Benah, the sons of Rumon, and the Berathite. As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of all this trouble, when a man told me Saul is dead and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and put him to death in Ziklag. That was the word I gave him for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed should I now, not now demand his blood from your hand and rid the earth of you? So David gave an order to his men, and they killed them. They cut off their hands and feet and hung the bodies by the pool of Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. Let me go one more chapter. Oh, how are we doing on time? Oh, 18 hours. We're doing great. Let's see. Chapter 5. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over Israel and Judah 33 years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. 
They thought David could not get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. On that day, David said, let, said, Anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say the blind and lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called in the city of David, and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the supporting terraces inward, and he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David along with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After he left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to him. These are the names of the children born to him there, Shemua, Shabab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him, but David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? <clears throat> the Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that palace was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up, but circle around behind and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Chapter 6. David again brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all his men set out from Balat of Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, uh, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the Ark. They set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the Ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with songs, with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacom, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the Ark, because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore God struck him down, and he died there beside the Ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah, and to this day the place is called Piraz Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and fattened calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. 
As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. When David returned home to, to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls and his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the the day of her death. Wow. All right, I think we're going to stop at chapter 6. Yeah, Michael did despise David. And I, and I wonder if he despised him because her brother Jonathan was passed over. I mean, I mean there's a lot of things to unpack there. I wonder if that's the only reason she was upset. She's got a little bit of her father in her, too, because she's not seeing how amazing it is that the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of God is there. She's more worried about what, what, what the optics are. So, in some ways, the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree. I hope the apple falls very far from our tree. I don't feel like a great person most of the time. You kids are just so amazing. Truly love you. Well, chapters one through six, not bad. I think we have another 30 chapters in this. And David's story is told in a few other books. Um... Uh, Kings and Chronicles. Just some overlap. But I'm excited to read those with you guys. So I love you. Hope you have a great day listening to this. And uh, in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. I love you. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace so free washes over me You have made
Release from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore He cancelled my debt and he called me But then 